Pastor Barry, thank you so much. And you are right. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. And if he can save someone like me, I know that he can do anything. And the simple truth of the matter is, there just isn't anything that God can't do. What he's done for others, he can do for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. It's such a joy to be here. It's such a joy to be in a place where, the, where people rejoice at the presence of the Holy Spirit and believe that God can move and that God can liberate and that God can heal and that God can do wonderful, glorious things. And, and what a strange thing that people would believe in God and believe that he's actually sort of limited, that he's not able to do these things. Or he did these things years ago, but he, he just stopped doing them. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so we believe that that same power that Jesus had or that the disciples had are here with us today. We do have questions. We have questions as to why everybody's not healed. We have questions as to why we don't see more of the power of the Holy Spirit at times. And yet, we still do. And so I want to thank you for allowing me to be able to come and be with you. And it is a joy to be with you. Before I get started, I'll bring you up to date. Uh, I uh, am a professor at Southeastern University. And uh, I, yeah, yeah, thanks be to God. We have a few here, huh? And uh, Pastor Brandon, I do, I do take that as a word from the Lord to increase, to, uh, to actually increase the hardness of the exams I felt, too, that I was going light. <laughs> and so something in my spirit said, yes. <laughs> Whether it was from the Lord or not, I cannot say. <laughs> also, uh, I, uh, as some of you know, I lead trips to Israel. I've, uh, Pastor Barry with me to, went with me to Israel. And a few of you here went with me to Israel. And I love going. All of the people who are signed up to go this year have said, we're not going. And uh, I can't, I don't understand. I mean, you know, you know, people say, well, are you concerned, Dr. Davis? And I quote to them, though a thousand fall at my right hand, a thousand, uh, 10,000 at my left, I shall remain unscratched. And so basically what I say is, I'll be okay. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, fortunately uh, started doing trips to the Greek uh, Isles and Footsteps of Paul and the Seven Churches of Revelation. And so I'm going to do that this year, and uh, hopefully I can go to Israel soon. And the third thing that I do, and one of the reasons that I'm here, is I'm executive director of Anchor House. And every year, Anchor House gets better and better. What is Anchor House? Anchor House is a Christian organization that tries their best to take care of kids who've come from trauma. 86% have been sexually abused of those who come to us. 100% have experienced trauma. Throughout my time there, I have talked with many children whose parents were murdered right in front of them or whose brothers and sisters were murdered. By whom? By their parents. And so... We do have a tough job, but I'm really glad to say that we're making progress every single week. 
for the very first time in Anchor House's history, every single child passed their grade. Isn't that amazing? Now listen, when I fir- I'll just tell you, when I first came there, 82% were failing their grade. And so now it's 100% we're passing. We are now expanding into Orlando. And our, we started our first house there. We hope to have three within two years. We are going to start another house in Winter Haven. And I'm happy to tell you that Publix gave us $150,000 to do so. Yeah, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So the scriptures teach the true religion is this, to take care of the widow and the orphan and keep oneself unspotted by the world. I never knew how bad it was until I became a part of it. And I understand why they do some of the things that they do. Most of them are violent. And what most of you don't know about me is I was raised in a great family, but I was as violent as the day was long. And when I look at it, I understand that had God not reached his hand down and grabbed me, I would be in jail without question. My daughter says, probably not. She said, you're more of those brilliant psychopath types. <laughs> Isn't it nice when your children say things like that about you? But God caught me. And even if I could fool other people, I couldn't fool him. And he reached down from heaven and grabbed hold of me. And in that moment, something happened within my heart that changed me, that made me a new creation. And all the anger and rage that was filling me for I have no idea why. He just simply reached down and touched. And then my heart was bursting with love. And to this day, I have no doubt that it was a miracle. He touched my brain. I missed my first period class in high school, my senior year, 61 times. I hated school. And God punished me and made me get a PhD. (laughs) But of all the things that I've seen the Lord do, I stand in awe when he heals people through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if he can heal your heart, he can heal your brain, he can heal your leg, he can heal your arm, he can heal any part of you. There is no limitations for God. None whatsoever. The limitations are self-imposed. And yet there are times when we look at people and we say, why did God heal this one? And why was this one not healed? We must continue to keep in mind that the greatest healing of all is that we'll be liberated from this body and we will walk with him in glory. 
But he has given us the Holy Spirit to show that he's in the redemption business and that he likes healing, that he wants to do it. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles now to Luke 8, 43 through 48. And our sermon title today is called The Moment. And for many of you, you know the story. It is the woman with the issue of blood. And the woman with the issue of blood had suffered for many years. And what you may not know, but may have heard through preaching on this, that in fact she was not supposed to be in society. She was supposed to be separated from society. She was supposed to even tell people that she was unclean. She was supposed to yell out, unclean. How would you like to go through your whole life yelling that you're unclean? And for people moving away from you, not wanting to be near you. And she was thought of someone who was cursed because the continuation of her problem and because blood itself is a defilement. So let's take a look at verse 43. And 43 reads like this. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years which has spent all her living on physicians, and she could not be healed of any of them. Now, I want to stop right here and say, I go to the doctor. Yeah, well, you believe in the healing power of God. I have seen some of the most remarkable healings, unbelievable things that I've seen. But you say, well, do you go to the doctor? You have a lack of faith. I don't think that's what it says. Luke was a physician. And I believe uh, he wrote some of the Bible. I've heard that, at least. It's a rumor. Started by those who've read it. She came behind him and she touched the border of his garment. And immediately the issue of blood, that moment, she was healed. And Jesus says, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, uh, the multitude that are thronging here and pressing you, and you're asking, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody has touched me because I have felt power go out of my body. Now, by the way, she never touched his body. She touched the hem of his garment. But he said, I felt it go out. I felt the power go out. And Jesus said, someone has touched me. I perceive the power has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not able to hide, she came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she touched him and how she was immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made thee well. Go in peace. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for the great opportunity that we have to come and hear your word. We pray that through hearing the word, we might too have faith that you can touch us, that the power of the Holy Spirit can transform us, that you, Lord, and no human being will be able to touch us. And Lord, it is true that we are told to lay hands upon the sick, but it is always you who are the healer. It is no human being. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come in your strength and your power and you would meet us 
at our need. Touch us where it hurts. And heal our bodies. Heal our minds. And most of all, heal our souls. And so, Holy Spirit, come now in your strength and your power and lead us into all truth. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. There's someone here who has an esophagus issue. The Lord is healing you right now. The power of God. There is someone here, you have an esophagus issue. The Lord is healing you. You've had it for some time. And you cannot get clear of it. The power of God is moving through your body and touching you right at this moment. There are numerous stomach healings right now occurring. Right now, the power of God just healed somebody over here. It was a stomach right over here. Who was just healed? Raise your hand. There was just someone right over here. You were healed. Stand up, sister, if you would. Those close, put your hands upon her. Right now. Those close by. The power of God just goes through that body in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that that stomach would be completely healed. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would completely heal her in the name of Jesus. There's more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's someone here, the Lord is healing. You've had a headache for, for days, and it won't go away. Jesus, touch that person right now. Touch them in Jesus' mighty name and move it from their body, Jesus. The Lord is bringing back that esophagus healing. There is someone here, the Lord is healing their esophagus. I can feel it. I can feel it as it is occurring. The Lord is healing you. Where is that person? Where is the esophagus healing? The Lord, stand up, sir. Those of you close by, Jonathan, would you lay your hands, Pastor Barry? Put it right on the esophagus. The power of Jesus Christ goes through that body in the name of Jesus, and we pray that you would heal him in the name of Jesus right now. Father, we pray the anointing of God just touch this, your child, and clear it completely, Lord. Clear it completely in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord continue to heal that in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just bathe him in the Holy Spirit. The Lord is healing someone's left leg. You've had trouble walking, your left leg. And the Lord is healing someone's left leg. Sir, is that esophagus healed? 
You believe so? You sure? Stand up and give the Lord a round of applause, will you? Thank you, Jesus. The power of God moves through that body in Jesus' mighty name. There is a left leg healing. The Lord is healing someone's left leg. You are having trouble walking. The Lord is healing it. It has something to do actually with the bone. Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Lord, touch it. Touch it in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, Jesus, touch it. Jesus, touch it. Jesus, touch it. Where is the esophagus healing? Oh, it's right there. You're the esophagus. There's more. There's more. There's more. Jesus, touch it. I can feel it. It is, I can feel it in my leg. Jesus. If you need your esophagus healed, I want you to come up after service and pray with me. I know the leg healing is right here too. sure it's here. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we praise you. Thank you. Well, you can you go ahead and claim it anyway. <laughs> the Lord can heal good big and small. There's more. There's more. There's someone else here. All right, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go into God's word. We're going to hear a little bit more. And we'll pray that the Holy Spirit will continue after we're done. And so I do want time for the Lord to speak. So I, I think I'll limit my sermon to three hours. Brother right here said, amen, preacher. Okay, go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead. Well, I was in Luxembourg, and uh, I had not intended it in any way, and sometimes uh, I just start out uh, not, uh, just saying, Lord, you do whatever you want. And sometimes, truthfully, it's more of a prayer, and I'm not really expecting the Lord to do anything. And other times, I really am expecting him to do something. You say, why don't you expect it all the time? Well, because it doesn't always happen, in all honesty. I'm just being blunt with you. And so when uh, we were in Luxembourg, I, I really wasn't sure how this was all going to work. And I was going to get up and preach in an international church in Luxembourg. And uh, right before I got up to speak, similar to today, the Holy Spirit said, I am healing a growth on someone's eye. And I thought, huh. And I thought I hadn't intend to tell anybody about anything. I mean, if God wants to heal them, he can do it. He doesn't need me. And the Holy Spirit kept bringing it back to me. I'm healing a growth on someone's eye. 
And so I said, there's someone here, the Lord's healing a growth on your eye. Who is it? A gentleman raised his hand and I said, would you come forward here, please? And as he was walking forward, he had a tumor on the side of his face. As he walked forward, the power of God swept over him and the tumor disappeared immediately. And the place went bananas because they, they saw it. They saw a growth disappear from his face. Now, I know some of these things are hard to believe, and I don't, bel- I don't blame you if you don't believe it because, truthfully, some of these things you haven't seen, and if you haven't seen it, you don't believe it. And, and yet, we read it in the Scriptures. We find that the Scriptures teach these things. Some people say, well, it died off with the apostles, completely unhistorical. There are numerous and numerous and numerous accounts of people being healed all throughout history. And so what occurs is that we build up a, a tolerance to these type of stories because we don't want to get let down in our faith. And so today, I want to talk about that moment The moment where God touches us. And I want to talk about the moment before the moment. Because the moment before the moment has something to do with the moment. And then I want to talk about the moment. The moment when he actually touches us. And then I want to talk about the moment after the moment. Well, after that moment, when the Lord touched him, some of these students who were with me in Luxembourg were kind of of amazed and blown away, and there were other miracles that the Lord began to do, and truthfully, again, I hadn't really really thought about it, and the Lord just sort of intercepted my plans and said, this is what we're doing, uh, you follow. And I'm like, that works. And truthfully, one of the greatest times is when you're just following the Lord, and he's doing things, and it's just so cool, because it's, he's just showing his power and what he can do, and that makes me believe that he can pretty much do anything. But a young man came up to me, and he said, you know, Dr. Davis, I have to admit, I, I, I saw a miracle today. I said, I know, wasn't that something about the tumor disappearing? He goes, no, I didn't use, know that PhDs could be used of God. I said, thank you. And I guess they can. And so we want to talk about that moment where we touch the hem of his garment. And why do we want to touch on the hem of his garment? Because of the power that went out from Jesus' body. And so the moment before the moment has something to do with the moment. Well, what is the moment before the moment? This lady takes a chance. And I'm going to tell you something that that maybe you don't want to hear, but I'm going to tell you that a part of faith is stretching. And the faith is designed to stretch you. It's designed to move you out of your comfort zone. It's designed to have you Stretch. And what happens in this story? The woman stretches, quite literally. But I'm going to say she doesn't just stretch literally. She is stretching spiritually, culturally, and no doubt emotionally. Wouldn't it have been easier to believe that God couldn't do anything? She'd been this way for a long time. And I'm, I want to be really gut level honest with you too on all of these things. If you've had an issue for a long time, it's harder to believe. Because you become used to it, you, be, you become aware of it, and, and it seems like something that you just learn to live with. And to be sure, that will be true for many people. You will just live with it. And all of us, as we get older, there will be things that are going to pop up in your life. 
And I remember teaching my class that in fact there was a group of Pentecostals in the 40s and 50s called the Manifest Sons and Daughters of Destiny who said because Jesus died on the cross, the effects of sin are completely wiped out and we will never die. What happened to them? They died. What did they die of, you ask? Bad theology. Now, I don't want to limit God ever, but I know what the scriptures teach also. And we have to go with what the word of God teaches. And even Paul says the outer man withers away. Sorry. I was at Anchor House just this past year and somehow the discussion of my age came up. I did not think this a good discussion. And so people began to guess how old I was. I rebuked them all. This was not of the Lord. And then finally somebody looked at me and they said, I I actually do know how old you are. You're not that bad looking for an old guy. That was nice of them. I fired her. Well, the reality is, before we ever reach the Lord and touch the Lord, generally, and I'm not saying exclusively, but generally, there's that moment before the moment where we begin to search for the Lord. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And this woman really did believe that in spite of the fact that she had been all of this time, that God could touch her. And what's hard about this, and I'm going to be, again, just sort of gut level honest, what's hard about this is that every healing service that I've ever been to, the majority of people are not healed. Now, you can tell the people they don't have a lack of faith. You can say it's on the person praying. You can say it's on God. But I've never been one. And I have been some, seen some amazing services. And I've seen the Lord do amazing things. But if you ask me, do the majority of people actually leave? Yes. However, I believe that the sky is still unlimited. In other words, a description is not an explanation. The fact that it happens doesn't mean that, in fact, we should settle there. And I've had times in my life where, frankly, I didn't have faith and God healed me anyway. This is the honest goodness truth. And in my congregation, there were people who were miraculously healed, and they weren't even believers. You say, how would this be? How can it be? I'm going to tell you that the majority of times, your faith is the antecedent or what becomes before healing. How do we know this? Because the Bible says it, and here in this passage, your faith has made you well. Peter looked and saw faith in a person, and that person was healed. And numerous times throughout the scripture, people are told your faith has made you well. Remember the centurion. He says, only say the word. You don't even have to come. Just say the word, Jesus, and she will be healed. Or my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, such faith I have not seen in all of Israel. It's done. And so I want to tell you that the scriptures do say that the majority of times... Faith is the antecedent that goes before the healing. Or another way to put it is, don't you believe that if, in fact, people were looking for healing, begging God, praising him, and and, and asking him and stretching for healing, that more people would be healed that sought God than didn't? Well, of course, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
And there's times where I've been confused when God's healed people. But by the way, I'm not the healer. And so it's not up to me. And so people have asked questions. They've asked me, well, if you really believe in healing, why don't you go into a hospital and heal everybody? And the answer is very clear, because it's not my gift. You say, well, people have gifts of healing. What that means is that God seems to use people for different gifts and different categories. In other words, in the same way that I don't save a person, it is God who does it. It is God who also heals. Does he heal through the laying of hands? The Bible says it. Absolutely. Does he heal through words of knowledge? Absolutely. And this may surprise you too. There's times when God even heals through handkerchiefs and through shadows. And you say, well, that's crazy. I think it is too. Let's show us. We got a scripture up here that uh, we can show. All right. Matthew 14, 35 through 36. And you might say that this instance with Jesus and the woman touching the hem of his garment was something that was rare. But the reality is the scriptures presented as happening numerous times. That in fact, numerous people were healed just by touching his garment. And in Acts 19.12, the handkerchief of Paul heals people. And in Acts 5.15 through 16, even the shadow of Peter heals people. And so you see, God has numerous ways of doing it. Perhaps the strangest is 2 Kings 13.21. Someone threw a body on Elijah's bones, excuse me, Elijah, Elisha's bones, and they were healed. And so, God has numerous options. Now, can I explain all of this that occurs? Yes, I can. And what I'm going to tell you is that while God is everywhere present, he's omnipresent, the density of his presence is up to him. And what I mean by this is remember when Solomon is dedicating the temple, it's rather a funny exchange between God and Solomon. Solomon says, I built your house where you can live. And God laughs. He's like, are you serious? Like, you really think that I can live here? Yeah. Yeah, the earth is my footstool. You know, the, the reality is the entire universe can't contain me. Why? The creator of the box cannot be bound by the box. Thank you. Thank you, students. That was, that's, those were my students. They were hoping for extra points. It won't happen. But the reality is, from a theological standpoint, it doesn't make sense that the creator of the box would be bound by the box. And so the reality is, all of space and all of matter, and you're part of that, God's never limited. He has the ability to do what he wants. And you might say, well, well, why doesn't he? Well, it's because the moment before the moment, God wants to stretch you. And you're like, I don't like being stretched. I understand, but that's the, that's the way this works. You're to be stretched. Now, you might say, when's the stretching in? When you die. And you're like, I don't think I like that. And yeah, it's not really your call. And how do we know this? I mean, look at all the great heroes of faith. What's the one thing they have in common? They get stretched. Abraham, I want you to leave where you live, where you're comfortable, and I want you to go where, where I'll show you. Start walking. Gideon, hail valiant warrior, the Lord is with you. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm appointing you to deliver Israel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 
was Gideon stretched? Oh, big time. As a matter of fact, he gets an army up and God says to him this, I need to stretch you a little bit more. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to eliminate most of the men in your army, okay? Is that all right? Is that okay? Yeah, we're just, we're just going to do that. And I got good news for you, too, about this stretching. By the way, you don't have to be perfect because that's part of the stretching process. God knows you need to be stretched. And Abraham is a good example. I mean, I'm going to say it this way. Abraham becomes the father of faith. He doesn't start that way. For example, when Abraham is asked about his wife, he says, that's my sister. And Abimelech, Pharaoh, says, that, she's kind of cute. I, I think I'd like to have her in my harem. I don't think I need to explain to you what that means. But basically, Abraham goes, yeah, it's my sister. Now, he's technically right that he's, she's a half-sister, but he's definitely wrong that he's no man that most women would want to be with in the sense that he's not standing up for his wife when someone else is going to claim her for his own. And how about the birth of Isaac? God says to uh, Sarah and Abraham, hey, you, you, next time I come around, uh, next year this time, you're going to have a child. And Sarah laughs, and God says, hey, you laughed, didn't you? And she goes, no, no. No, I didn't, I didn't laugh. And, and this is God's idea of a joke, and, I, and I'm so glad he has a sense of humor, otherwise I'm in deep trouble. And he says, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to name your kid Laughter, because the joke's on you. Now, Abraham believes that, in fact, this is going to happen, but it's not happening quick enough. How many of you struggle with patience? Now, see, in this instance, I'm not sure that he was struggling with patience because what Sarah says is, look, there's Hagar. You can have sex with her. And Abraham goes, no, I would never dream of such a thing. <laughs> no, he goes, okay. <laughs> now, see, what's confusing is Sarah was told she was going to have the child of the promise. So why are you having sex with someone other than Sarah? Maybe his faith was lacking. Or maybe he just wanted to have sex with Hagar. I'm not sure which it is. But, but either one's not great. And so I have something that I need you to hear. God wants to keep stretching you. And part of touching the hem of his garment is Stretching. And so if you feel particularly stretched, good. That's what's supposed to go on. The really scary part would be when you don't ever feel stretched. And I'm going to be gut level honest again with you. It was much easier for me to believe in the Lord when the church could not pay me that I was pastor of in my first year. Because he was stretching me and I had to hold on. But as the church grew, my faith was not as much needed. And sometimes we wonder why God doesn't do this or God doesn't do that. And, and the answer, I think, is that you're on an individual plan of stretching. By the way, it's not called yoga, okay? It's called faith. 
Not that you can't stretch and be stretched physically. Sure, go ahead. But the most important thing is that you're to be stretched spiritually. And God has determined that no matter how comfortable you are, he wants to stretch you even more. To stretch you so that you can have more of him and so you can touch the hem of his garment. Well, what happens when we touch the hem of his garment? Jesus says, power went out from me. He felt it. And what occurred in this case is a miracle based upon the density of his presence. And I'm going to be, again, as honest as I can about all the healing things that I believe that are actually real. The more his presence envelops a place, the more healings you'll see. And in fact, I have good biblical evidence on that because the simple truth of the matter is when she touches the hem of his garment, it isn't him who is touched. Well, how is she healed if she touches fabric? And in the same way that God can increase the density of his presence, what occurred with Jesus is, and Peter and Paul and Elisha and others throughout the Bible, as they began to to experience more and more of the presence of God, what begins to occur is that it begins to almost be a residue. Something tangible that they could probably feel. We know that because even the shadow of Peter heals people. It's not even him touching them. He's not even getting a word of knowledge. The anointing of God and the presence of God is so great that he just walks by and people are healed. And I'm going to tell you that, in fact, the Lord is calling more and more of us to begin to experience the density of his presence. And I also want to help you a little bit here because what could occur in your life is you could be sitting next to to my wife, Dana, and she could be feeling the density of his presence in a, in an, 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 a phenomenal way. And then the person sitting right next to her might not feel anything. God is not limited by space. He can localize his presence whenever he wants. And so the person next to you might not feel anything, and you can feel, wow, the power of God. And the reason for that is because God's not limited or defined by space. He uses space to his own degree and when he wants to for what he wants to. And so at the moment that this woman was healed, what had occurred is the density of Jesus' presence was so powerful that when she stretched forth her hand, believing that she would be healed, she touched the hem of his garment and the density of his presence exploded onto her. And he felt it. I'm going to be, again, honest with you. I have never felt it to that degree. But do I know it's possible? Sure. The Bible records it. And do I strive and do I want to walk in his presence more and more and more? Yes. And the more that I walk into his presence, the more that we begin to see some of these things occur. And my family, if they were here, they would tell you more miracles will occur when Dr. Davis is preaching out among a group of people than at home. Because the density of his presence has increased in the place and I am feeling it and you are too. And our faith begins to build in response 
to feeling his presence. And now we can begin to believe that maybe he can do these wonderful miracles. And at that moment, we begin to feel his touch. Now, have I ever felt anything like this? Yes, I have. It was in church and and a newspaper article had been written about the healings and miracles that were occurring in our church. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, one of our guys in our drug recovery cells, God was healing his back. I knew exactly who it was. And I didn't say his name, even though I knew exactly where he's located, located in the front row. And I said, there's someone here who is being healed. Your back is being healed and God is healing. And all of a sudden he went, oh. And when he did that, I, I said, uh, Harry, what, what just happened to you? And he goes, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, you, you seem to jerk there. He goes, I know. He goes, something happened on my back. Then he began to stretch. I think I'm taller. And I said, well, Harry, is there something that you can do that you couldn't do before the Lord touched your back? He goes, well, I can't touch my toes. Go ahead and touch your toes, Harry. I can't do it. I said, go ahead and try. He goes, I'll touch my toes. I said, I'm aware of that. He goes, I can't do that. I said, you just did. And he says, I'm not supposed to be able to do that. He goes, my back is so messed up, I, I, I don't think I can. I said, do it again for us. And he did it. And he goes, I don't know what just happened, but I'm taller and my back doesn't hurt. And so I said, come on up here, Harry, talk to me. And I said, Harry, for those who've never experienced the touch of God like that, what was it like? And this gentleman who was in our drug recovery program said, it was like the best shot of heroin I've ever had. Well, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting that response. <laughs> and I said, let me pray with you, Harry. I think the Lord wants to heal some more things. And so when I laid my hand upon him, this is the only time this has ever happened. But I felt lightning shoot through my arm and come out my fingers. When I say lightning, it wasn't lightning, he'd have been dead. But I felt something electric. And afterwards, there was a residue, and I felt it. And there was a lady in my church who said, look, I don't believe any of this stuff, but I want to come because I, I like the preaching, but I don't like the rest of this stuff. I said, fine, you can come. And she said, the jokes aren't that good, but the rest of it is good. <laughs> so she needed to be healed of humor. And so I looked in the back, and she was standing in the very back. She didn't want to get too close. And I began to walk down towards her. And when I started walking towards her, a look of fear came over her. And I could feel the residue 
of the density of his presence. And I held out my pinky towards her forehead. And when I did that, she fell back like she was shot through a cannon. And when she got up off the ground, she looked at me and she goes, you never touched me. I go, I know. <laughs> she goes, what is that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And even though that's the only time I've ever felt it to that degree, if you ask me, is it available? It absolutely is. And I pray that God would do it right here today for some of you. He doesn't have to inform me that he's doing it either. I remember one of the first miracles that occurred in my church, and I was pastor of a Pentecostal church, and there was no miracles. I thought I was going to have to turn in my license or something, you know? <laughs> Finally, a lady came forward, and she said, I have ovarian cancer. They found it because my husband and I were not able to get pregnant. She said, would you pray for me? Now again, I want to tell you as transparently, as honestly as I can, I did not believe that she would be healed. The prayer of faith heals, but it wasn't my prayer because I didn't have any. But I laid my hands upon her and I asked God to heal her. And she looked up at me and said, did you feel that? The reality is I didn't feel anything. And she said, I'm healed. And I said, how do you know? She goes, you didn't feel it? I go, no, I didn't feel it. She goes, it felt like lightning shot through my body right to where the cancer is. And I felt it like, like focal eye, just, just sort of crystallized on that spot. She goes, there's no question in my mind, I'm healed. Yes, thanks be to God. And I said, will you go to the doctor and get an x-ray? And she said, will you pay for it? <laughs> you remember? I said, yeah, I'll pay for it. And the next week she came back with her x-rays before and after. Mass, no mass. She had encountered God in the moment. She felt the power of the Holy Spirit touch her. And sometimes when we say these things, they seem as if they can't possibly be true because God doesn't do that. Why cannot God do these things? Why is he unable to do something? Is he controlled by, by space? Is he controlled by substance? Is he controlled by things that he created? I doubt it. He could do anything. And so the moment of her healing, she felt the Lord. And I want to encourage you to stretch forth your faith and to feel the Lord's presence. Finally, there's a moment after the moment, and what did she do? After she was healed, she began to tell everybody about her healing. I wouldn't stop telling people about it. And why are we called to give testimony as Pastor Barry did? Because it lifts people's faith who believe that it can't happen to them. 
And as a result, Jesus, when people were healed, in the beginning of his ministry, he says, don't tell anybody because he's trying to control how fastly this thing's going to develop. But by the end, he says, tell everybody. Oh, yeah, tell them all. And so what begins to occur is that people begin to think, could it happen for me? Am I able to be used of God to pray for others? Am I able to be touched by God? Can I be part of this process that began 2,000 years ago? The moment after the moment is when we realize that the moment is not just for us, but for others too. So I'm going to ask our musicians, or at least our keyboardists, if she would come up. And I want to tell you a moment that I hope inspires you to believe that you can stretch forth your hand and God will touch you. You see, I was sort of new to this, all of this stuff, and though I've seen many, many things, God wanted me to stretch. And my wife Dana and I were in a prayer meeting. Now, I want you to hear the moment before the moment we were praying. And so you want the Lord to use you? There's no secret as to how this works. You begin to hear his voice and understand it through your prayers. Prayer is the anvil, the arena where we learn to be led of the Holy Spirit. And we ask God to speak to our hearts. Even people who don't believe that God can do miracles still pray and ask for God to speak to them. And so we're in a prayer meeting and our prayer meeting went about three hours every time we met. And there was a group of about 200 people, 300 people in this prayer meeting. And all of a sudden the power of God began to just manifest, to localize the density of his presence materialized on my ear. And it was very specific. It was a left ear, it wasn't the right ear, and I could feel it, and I turned around to, at that time, my girlfriend, and I said, is God anointing anything? And what does it mean? Is he localizing? An anointing means localizing the density of his presence. And I'm going to pray for you that God would begin to do this in this church more and more and more and in your life that he would make you attune to the way that he wants to use you and that you should expand your knowledge of yourself. Or if we'd say it this way, he wants to stretch you. And so I turned to her and said, is God anointing anything? She goes, my left ear is on fire. So I went to my group leader and I said, I think God's healing someone's left ear. He stood up in the whole crowd. He goes, if you need your left ear healed, come on down. And a group of about 20 people came down. And when they came down, I thought he was going to pray for him. But as the first one appeared, he goes, okay, Joe, pray. And I was like, yeah, uh, no, no, I don't actually do the praying. That's for like spiritual people. I don't think I qualify. Oh, but you do. You, you actually do qualify. Because you're just the vessel that God wants to use. 
And so I looked at Dana and I said, well, you got the anointing, you have to pray too. And she was like more faithful than I should. Okay. And I laid my hands and Dana laid them on mine and we prayed for the first person who came up and she fell on the ground crying. I thought I heard her. I like, I don't think I stuck my finger in her ear. And when we finally got her calmed down, we said, what happened to you? And she said, I was born deaf. I could not, and I've never heard in this year, and I can hear every single word that you are saying. But God doesn't want to just heal bodies. You see, she was there because her daughter had committed suicide. And she left her note in her purse saying, I killed myself because of you. It was one of the worst things I'd ever heard in my life. And so God was doing a twofer. But oddly enough, before we came to the prayer meeting, God had lined everything up because my best friend witnessed to his drunk father and he got thrown out of his house. I picked him up with a suitcase and I said, what do you got a suitcase for? He said, I got kicked out of my house for witnessing to my dad. And I, I said, the Lord will provide, don't worry about it. And he said, that's easy for you to say. And then this lady said, uh, I have a very large house. If anyone ever needs a place to go, you can come live with me. Matter of fact, I'm alone. I'd like it. My friend raised his hand. He moved into one of the largest houses in Baltimore County. She had a mansion with wings, not rooms, wings. I was like, um, <laughs> I, I actually was, you know, I was the one praying. But God was stretching him, stretching her, stretching me, and stretching you. So I'd like everybody here just to stand. And if you dare, I want you to say, stretch me, God. Stretch me, God. Stretch me, God. And if you really believe that, I want you to come down right here and say, use me, oh God. Stretch me, oh God. And help me to be a vessel for your kingdom. Stretch me, God. Stretch me now. And use me. I want to be in that moment. I want to touch the hem of his garment. And I want you to stretch me. So that I can be used of you.
We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.